0: All right, Alexander, let's talk about what is happening in the UK. And uh, it goes from bad to worst. Yes. Even worse. Yes. (laughs) It seems every week that passes. But one thing doesn't change, and that is the uh, UK political class, whether it's left, right, center, their support for Ukraine doesn't change. They always have money and support for the uh, Aletsky regime. Everything else is... It's just falling apart. And uh, and then we have the story which uh, we need to talk about, which is Ben Wallace and his bid to become NATO Secretary-General. At first people thought it was going to be Boris Johnson, but uh, this was like maybe six months ago everyone was saying Boris might want to be Secretary-General. Obviously that's not going to happen. And Rishi Sunak said, hey, how about Ben Wallace? Biden wasn't too hot on the idea. Uh, my, my hunch is that they want uh, someone like um, um, F- uh, Fred- Fredrickson or uh, Kaya Kalis, or perhaps Ursula. Uh, I think those are the three front runners, yeah. If, yeah. if you want my opinion. But anyway, it looks like there's a bit of disappointment with, uh, with uh, the US not supporting Ben Wallace.
1: There's much more than disappointment. There is incredible bitterness and there's actual talk of betrayal, which I find very surprising because it's been absolutely obvious to me from right before Biden became president. I mean, I can remember him in the past. He doesn't like Britain. He's never going to support a British candidate for NATO Secretary General. So if the plan to take this extreme position over Ukraine this incredibly dangerous position over Ukraine, which has left Britain very potentially very exposed, by the way, uh, was to try to win over support in the Biden administration. Well, that's not not achieved anything, because Biden doesn't like Britain, he doesn't support Ben Wallace, he doesn't want a British Secretary General of NATO. Now, Macron apparently wasn't keen on the idea of Ben Wallace, either the French weren't keen on it. Uh, um, a British Secretary-General of NATO. But the key point is, Biden apparently categorically said no, and the British feel incredibly let, let down. I mean, you, you're getting reports that all of Whitehall is in shock, uh, Whitehall being you know, our metonym for the British permanent state, the civil servants, the bureaucrats, the deep state, if you like. Um, the political class are in shock, they all imagined or hoped that at least Biden would be polite about the fact that, you know, even if he eventually said no, he would, you know, come along and sort of suggest that maybe he was prepared to uh, consider at least Ben Wallace. Apparently he said flat out no. And um, there's even photographs now floating up of Ben Wallace with Lloyd Austin and Ben Wallace looking very upset and angry Um, Lloyd Austin not even basically noticing him. In fairness, I don't know when these photographs were taken, but I've seen these photographs. They're starting to appear now. And there's talk that the relationship between London and Washington has gone from bad to worse. Now, as I said, I don't know why anybody expected it would be otherwise. It's never seemed to me as if this administration paid any attention to Britain, was in any way interested in Britain. If you may remember, you know, shortly after Biden became president, Boris negotiated with Biden something called the New Atlantic Charter. It ran for page after page after page. The British pretended that it was some big breakthrough in the relationship with the US. Biden signed off on it and promptly forgot about it as everyone else has done so you know that's that's one part of the story it's not an unimportant one because you're absolutely right everything in britain is falling apart so again there were widespread expectations that this month inflation would start to fall headline rates of inflation would start to fall they didn't It's remained at exactly the same level as last month. It's at 8.7%. And everybody knows it's much higher. And food inflation remains at uh, at least 16% and probably more. And the Bank of England, our central bank, promptly increased interest rates. So interest rates are still rising. They're probably going to go on rising. There is now talk in Britain that we're facing a mortgage crisis, that people will not be able to keep paying their mortgages because they're tanked up on very high mortgages and they can't keep up with the rates of interest. People are also paying more in taxes. People are paying more for food. Likely that energy prices will start to creep up again in the autumn. Living standards are plunging. And the government is falling apart. I mean, there is now an almost universal sense that uh, Rishi Sunak, uh, his time as prime minister is coming to an end. He doesn't seem to be in any real control anymore. He's just basically going through the motions of being prime minister. He's not making any real decisions. He has no real policies. He has no real ideas. And everybody expects now A Labour landslide, because what else can there be? I saw the last opinion polls put Labour at 46%, Conservatives at 28%. I mean, it might tighten a bit, but probably not by much. But there is no enthusiasm for the Labour Party either. Nobody really expects Keir Starmer to achieve anything or to come up with any solutions to these deep-seated problems. And the only thing they can, therefore, all agree on is more money for Ukraine. And we had a donors conference. Rishi Sunak went there. He pledged more billions to Ukraine. And for the first time, for the first time, in my experience, this has cut through. It's not been much talked about in the media, but it was talked about a little. People that I knew. I know people I come across, people who are not political in any way, uh, are now starting to bring it up to me. You know, we've got all of these problems. We are not able to pay our bills. Our rents are rising. Our mortgage costs are rising. All of these things are going wrong. And all our government class seem to be interested in is giving more money always to Ukraine. And there's also now starting to develop, and I, I'm sort of getting more and more of a sense of this, um, it, feelings, strong feelings about the number of Ukrainian refugees who are in Britain. There's some early signs that sentiment is turning against them as well. But Sunak turning up to that donors' conference, talking it that way, um, in my, this is the first time, in my opinion, that this has really cut through. People are starting to notice because with the interest rate increases, with the mortgage costs, with the food costs, with all of that, it's it's people are being impacted and they're starting to say, why are we giving money away to Ukraine in the way that we are when we can't solve our own problems? And for the political class, not getting Ben Wallace as NATO Secretary-General. Most people in Britain don't care. Why should they be interested? But for the political class, it did matter, because at least for them, had Ben Wallace become NATO Secretary-General, they would have been able to say to each other, well, at least it shows that the Americans take us seriously, that the Europeans take us seriously. We're getting a seat at the top table through all that we're doing, except it turns out that we're not. And that's adding to the sense of crisis and malaise that's now starting to affect the political class itself. Right, the, the, the
0: reward from the well, US the reward, to, yeah. to the UK political class for, for all the escalation and the provocation in Ukraine. Here's, here's your, your, your bone a uh, good, good, good doggy, you know, like, yeah, it's <laughs> pathetic, it pathetic. Pathetic. It uh, pathetic, yeah, it really is, it really is pathetic. Um, I, I saw that speech for Rishi Sudak, and uh, I, I just have to say that uh, he, he's not a very bright person. No. I mean, I, I listened to that speech, and what came across is someone that's just not very bright. I mean, he just really, really isn't. He, this this guy's no business being prime minister of I agree, UK at all. I mean, at no. all. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe the people, not only in, uh, in Britain, but may- maybe in, in Europe that have been hypnotized by this, 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 this conflict and, uh, and the star power of Zelensky, maybe they'll start to, to wake up and realize that every time the U.K. or the U.S. or the EU gives money to Ukraine, even though their own economies are collapsing and their own lives are getting harder and harder. Every time they give money to Ukraine, all they're doing is paying themselves. I mean, the EU has pledged $55 billion to Ukraine until 2027. Why are they doing that? Where are they finding the money? You know, we have problems in Germany and we have problems in Greece and in in Netherlands and all over Europe there's a there's an economic crisis and people are struggling. And, you know I was this morning I was just thinking yeah of course she's going to pledge 55 billion Ursula to Ukraine because they're, they're just they're paying themselves. Yes. Why wouldn't they pay themselves? I mean you know and, and NATO and I also think having having someone from uh, from Britain as the head of NATO
1: is probably good for business as well. Oh absolutely uh, I mean the, the British political the... class Absolutely. I mean, the British defence industries, which are, which exist, I mean, the BAE systems and all of those would have done very well if Ben Wallace had become (laughs) Secretary General of NATO, no question about that. And he would have brought his own people into NATO, and he would have staffed his own secretariat with the, with his own people, and they would have made, it would have made, you know, for these people, it would have made a difference. Now, as I said, I, I don't want to give the impression you know, that there's a, we're on the brink of some kind of an uprising here, because we're not. But as I said, for the first time, it did cut through. One um, hears a, a, a comment that was made to me by a person I spoke to yesterday. I, I'm not going to say who it was, but she, she is not a political person at all. I mean, she's not interested in politics. Um, I had an encounter with her because, well... I mean, in, in, in the course of life, one does. But, I mean, and she was typical. I mean, I've spoken to other people as well. She was saying, you know, I, I'm paying more for my rent. I'm paying more for everything that's ha- ha- happening. My, I'm losing, I'm losing. I, I can't save up money to buy a house. Money has been given to Ukraine. Rishi Sunak doesn't care. He's a billionaire. He's not affected. And this is not someone who generally talks in that way. <laughs> but it, is, it, it did cut through for the first time, in my opinion. Now, as I said, what the political effect of that's going to be is another matter. But it does add to the sense of malaise, and it does, it does add to the effect of disillusion that is starting to take hold. At the moment, the only thing people can do is vote Labour, because that's the only option they are, they are given. Without any conviction that that's going to change things, but if this goes on for very, very much longer, I mean we could find ourselves in Britain in a very difficult situation where it becomes a point of no return, and then what happens politically at that point is another question
0: yeah well it sounds to me like the the, the citizens of, uh, of Britain they have to they have to vote labour it's like they have to. They have to go through this this process, this yes. collapse. You know, it's like, yes. let's okay, we have to yes. <laughs> we have to ride this this train yes. all the way to, to to the bottom, and let's just do it as quickly as possible. Let's just get this over with. Let's get Sunak yes. out. Let's get labor in. We know labor's going to be just as bad, if not 10 yes. times worse. But let's just get this all over with yes. as quickly as possible because maybe, yes. just maybe, when we get done with Sunak and we get done with Stammer maybe there's something at, uh, at, the, at the bottom of the cliff that we can you know, salvage and, and rebuild on. I mean, that, it seems like it's just, you have to go through the motion of the collapse. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just do it and do it quickly, and hopefully there's, there's,
1: there's a country left, uh, left to save when,
0: when all is said and done.
1: This is absolutely correct. I mean, this is an orderly, law-abiding country, as I always say. I mean, this is not a place where insurrections tend to happen. But this has always been true because the political system up to this point has worked reasonably well. It's reflected the feelings that people have. It it is not doing that any longer. And people do feel disenfranchised. And I agree. I think for the moment they're not in a mood to go out and, you know, carry out insurrectionary things because there's no tradition of that here. But... If this process doesn't work its way through in the way that you said, and we don't have an orderly transition to something else, there's a real danger, actually. I think that we will get into a disorderly one. And if that happens in Britain, well, I don't want to even contemplate that possibility, but it will be very, 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 very um, different from anything we've experienced in recent British history, and it will have implications not just for Britain, but for the whole world.
0: All right, let's uh, go back to NATO real quick and wrap up this video. Um, forget about Wallace. Doesn't look like he's he's in the running. Let's talk about the three candidates. And I think there's two candidates which reflect the struggle for control of NATO and control of NATO's uh, military-industrial complex and its purse strings and it's it's a bloc struggle, and on the one side you have uh, uh, Fredrickson, who represents the uh, Denmark, uh, let's say Norway, Sweden, Finland, let's say this 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 North European bloc, which has had control of NATO, has had a good hold of NATO for for many years. And yes, you know obviously the countries in this in this North Europe bloc are are pulling for her, and then you have. Uh, Kayakalas from Estonia and uh, you have the the Poles and and of course the Baltic nations and much of Eastern Europe they would like to see her as as a Secretary-General in order to reflect and represent uh, a new NATO a NATO that that is uh, that is dependent on Eastern Europe and dependent on Poland and the Baltic nations and values the, the contribution of uh, of the Baltic nations and Poland, so you do see this this kind of bloc struggle in in NATO in order to get their their person in as uh, the next secretary general. And then, of course, you have the the other option, which is that Stoltenberg just stays yes. another year, which yes. they've been talking about. Yes. Just keep yes. him in there for another year.
1: Yes. Well, that—that it. believe it or not, it's the last that is, that's now, at the moment, at least in London, being talked about as the most likely possibility, because, as you said, Wallace, Wallace has now been eliminated. I mean, he's admitted this himself. I mean, there's Sanchez, who's an outside candidate if he loses the Spanish election, but I don't think anybody really takes that terribly seriously. Maybe Sanchez himself does, but I don't think anybody else does. There's Ursula. I mean, she clearly wants it, but... The problem with Ursula is that, you know, I think that there's a lot of ill-feeling at the moment about Germany. There's also a widespread feeling that Ursula herself was an utterly incompetent defence minister. Um, she might not be the right person for the job either. And the problem is that with um, Feddigson and Kaius. They sort of seem to be cancelling each other out. There doesn't seem to be any real agreement. I think people are getting very tired, by the way, by the Nordic domination of NATO. It seems that the Americans weren't terribly impressed by Fredrickson. And, you know, they usually have the last word here. Um, And they didn't... Kais, it's herself apparently she might not be acceptable to the French and some other countries. So the talk is just keep the old war horse, (laughs) Stoltenberg, in position, because ultimately um, you don't want to show a huge outburst of disunity um, at Vilnius. And he's, you know, he's the default candidate, so he sort of remains permanent NATO Secretary General because the priority now is to paper over the divisions. You can't, you can't admit that you can't find an alternative, so you might as well stick with him. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to be
0: NATO's Secretary General for life.
1: Yeah. All right. <laughs> well.
0: Yeah, well. We'll leave it there. The durand.local.com. We are on Rumble, Odyssey, Pitch Shoot, and uh, Telegram and Rockfin. And go to Durand Shop 10% off. Use the code Good Day. Take care.